after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Oh. Oh! Oh boy! I'm falling! Everybody look out! My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Vives. Hello, Andrew. You know that old expression, first idea, worst idea? I don't know that expression, but I like, you know what, if, if it rhymes, it chimes. If it rhymes, it chimes. That is the energy I brought into producing today's show. I love it. I, I love th- a good stupid show. I love a stupid show. I sometimes think our stupid shows are the more fun and more listenable ones than the ones that are like carefully crafted by me uh, to follow some extremely arcane uh, <laughs> organizing principle. You did a good show once, remember? I did a good show it, it once, It was that yeah. one about postmodernism. <laughs> we certainly have called back to it a lot. <laughs> so um, you and I are a little bit rushed for time today. I'm not going to even yeah, make lie. any bones about that, especially when it came to- Don't lie to our listeners. Especially when it came to show prep. We didn't have very much time to, um, to put together a show. And why was that? And one of the reasons why was because we have to record a little bit earlier today today to go out tonight and celebrate a friend's birthday, but also because we had some very important missions to run this afternoon. Yeah, key mission. A key seasonal mission. My dad used to call like tasks missions in order to make it more palatable for Was, me to did do. Did it work? I got a mission for you. Go weed the garden. Right. Oh, shit. Did you, uh, now did Terrible it work mission. on you or did it like make you just hate missions? I, well, first of all, if I implied that I had a choice, my apologies. <laughs> it wasn't to make it more pal- palatable so that I would do it. Right. I was doing it anyway. Um, and did it make me enjoy it more? I don't know. I probably got a chuckle out of it. I think <laughs> I think after a while it became knowingly ironic. Um, but uh, anyway, so one of our key missions today here in the holiday season was to go uh, get ourselves a Christmas tree yes. for, our, for our living room area. It was getting a little late in, the, late in the month, so I'm really glad we got it done. You love a Christmas tree. I love a Christmas tree, and I am a real Christmas tree um, kind of zealot, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, uh, purist, maybe. Yeah, in other words, not a not a real zealot, but a, a zealot over having a real tree in the I'm house. I'm a real a, tree, real zealot. You're a real tree, real zealot. You're a real <laughs> zealot for a real tree. That's right. Well, anyway, the show's going great so far. <laughs> um, and it's only going to get worse. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to put a, a show together quickly. I, I wonder if there are a bunch of commercials in which trees talk to people. Yeah. And there are a handful. I did. We did a whole I show about some. owls. Why? Yeah. Why not talking trees? So talking trees. So what? What we're doing is we're talking trees, or more accurately, Genevieve, we're talking talking trees today <laughs> on after these messages. You talking trees? You talking talking trees? Maybe <laughs> oh, that's right. We're getting really close to the uh, Scott Aukerman verse there, aren't we? With that, <laughs> you talking talking trees to me's. Um, but uh, anyway, so I d- I did find, and the the nice thing about a really weird search for something like this you know the fact that 
Talking Tree commercials, Genevieve, are as old as time itself. Yeah. Indeed. No, I mean, I just got weird shit. For, I, got, I got some stuff from like Nova Scotia in the 80s <laughs> that's going to freak you out. I have some pretty funny stuff from 2013. You, will you be shocked to hear Geico has a couple that fit this category? My dude, I would be shocked to hear Geico doesn't have a commercial to fit <laughs> any given category. So anyway, I actually had a lot of fun putting this together, all self-deprecation aside. Um, so stick around for that. Also... A very fun ad council. Somebody sent in, I think we might have even asked people to send in, um, like, maybe commercials that in their, like, on their oh, local TV stations we did. were it was holiday be- traditions. Yeah, sort it was of. because of that wonderful ad that they did. I think it was in... Somewhere in the Midwest. Phil- was it the Midwest? I thought it was Philly for some reason. But oh, anyway, no, you're right, Philly. The one where somebody did an exact shot-by-shot recreation of an old lottery commercial yep. for reasons unknown. The lottery remade their own yeah, commercial, their but own like, traditional exactly commercial. exactly remade it. But I love the fact that these commercials, like this one we're going to play for you today, comes from um, the Midwest as well. And one of, I'm not going to give it away, but one of our favorite TV shows parodied it as well. And when I was watching the commercial, I was like, wait, don't I? know this commercial and I think it's because I recognize the parody I don't know if I've ever seen the original but um, I've probably already said too much but it's really fun to make that connection and also I love the fact that there's nothing explicitly holiday about it but there's just certain commercials that in local markets are rolled out every year for the holidays so it's a nice little um it's a nice little glimpse into local culture but also it's fun to compare it to the parody which we'll be doing later on but first let's talk talking trees Writing a song for a dance called the Oak Tree. <laughs> Who is this? Who's Morris this Day. Oh, if, I mean, it's it like definitely has like a very sort of familiar sound, but I think it's because it's of a type. Right? I just love this. First of all, I do love that tradition of like I'm going to write a song that launches a new dance, sure. right? But what, how do you do the oak tree? Do you just stand tall with your arms I up? I couldn't quite tell what he was saying. He definitely said you want to branch out at some point. Yeah. So you definitely want to do that. Um, send us, listeners, I know this is an audio medium, but please send us uh, video clips of you deciding uh, how to do the oak tree. <laughs> so um, I I think 2013 might have been a time when I was not watching much television. I think we were living in Los Angeles or maybe just about to move to Los Angeles at the time. Uh, which is weird because if we were living in Capitol Hill, we would have had television. Anyway, I feel like there are like these big blank spots in the past 20 years for me, like yeah. er- eras when we didn't have a television. And so therefore, I missed commercial trends or whole campaigns that most people might be familiar with. And one of them is a StubHub campaign involving a big talking oak tree that is made and its leaves are made of tickets because uh-huh. it's StubHub. Yeah, I remember that. Do you remember it? It's, See, I did not. I don't know what it is. I think it's just that I have like a lifelong 
and much deeper commitment to watching television than you. And somehow, even when we didn't have television, I somehow did watch television. I don't know if I was like leaving work in the middle of the day to go to bars where <laughs> yeah, televisions were on. I don't on. think that was it. Um, but I just have never not watched television somehow. I've just, see, I don't know. I've just watched a lot of television. Well, I'm glad that you remember the StubHub campaign. Um, I would have thought I would be able to find more, but I was only able to find a couple of commercials, one of which is bonkers and coincidentally <laughs> related to the holiday season. But before we get to that, let me play you this one from 2013. Again, like the, the spokesperson is this big cartoonish looking, although it's, um, I, I mean, I think it's probably computer animated, I would assume, but it's kind of like kind of photorealistic looking a giant oak tree with a lazy eye, like wobbly big green eyes that are yeah. sort of disconcerting. It's sort of very knobby. The the talking trees from the Wizard of Oz for me a okay. little bit. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's intentional, but it's not. It's not like gnarled and scary like that. But I mean, the eyes are kind of the eyes are a little off putting. Yeah. Um, but in this one, that that's not even the most off putting thing about this commercial. So this one is called couples counseling, and I don't know. If the, I mean, I'm assuming they put this oak tree in a whole bunch of different scenarios, but in this one, you see a, a man and a woman, and they're clearly a couple um, standing out in their backyard. The man is looking kind of sheepish, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of tell you the whole plot of this commercial before I play the audio of it. Um, the, the couple is clearly going through some troubles in their relationship, and the tree wants to help for okay. some reason, and so apparently the problem is the fella is not taking the woman out hardly anymore. They're too settled in their relationship. I don't know if you're familiar with that feeling. <laughs> um, and the oak tree, the StubHub oak tree, decides that he can fix it by giving them tickets to a rock show from its many tickets that its leaves are made of, right? So he hands the guy a couple of tickets to some rock show, and then the woman gets so horny. <laughs> like they start making out in a way that the, the tree starts blushing and I don't like the man you see him like kind of grope her even in their embrace wow. and then at the end you see his shirt go fl fl flying and flung over a fence post okay so um what are these tickets for and they're they're very they're a very um they're not like a super attractive couple like they're purposely like she's pretty short he's very tall so they're kind of mismatched in that way and they're both just wearing their you know somewhat schlubby clothes because I think they're just in their own backyard he never takes me anywhere and how does that make you feel Patrick sad I tell her I miss us maybe I can help that band you loved in college just got back together what uh, excuse me. Awkward. Oh yeah, they're like Not making out. I don't know if you said this, but they're like they're sort of humping up against the, the tree. Yeah, she throws him the sentient up, tree. She throws him up against That's the tree. That's rude to trees. It's very rude to trees, especially ones that talk. And as you say, clearly yeah. you have a. Yeah, it's probably not that rude to a non-talking tree. I'm guessing it's fine. I don't know. Um, this next one really had me, I think, laughing, but it's just weird, and it's unclear how this is connected at all to selling tickets, although I'm guessing that maybe this campaign was so well-established that at a certain point, just seeing the tree and making jokes about it, you didn't have to make a direct sell to the actual ticket service. But in this one, it's clearly right after Christmas. We see a guy. He's dressed still in like a, a Christmas sweater, 
and he's dragging a bag across his backyard right in front of the oak tree. And I think it's pretty clear pretty early on that what he's doing is he's throwing away his old Christmas tree, but he's trying to hide the Christmas tree from the sentient tree because it's going to freak the tree out. It would be like uh, seeing someone with a dead human body. Right. So the guy, you see him pull in the bag that pretty clearly has a tree in it, at least to us. The tree asks him what he's doing. He's like, oh, nothing. Um, but then he starts pulling the bag again and then suddenly exposed is the dead Christmas tree, or at least the cut down Christmas tree. Hey, Ben. What you got there, buddy? Uh, nothing. I'm just taking this tree thing over to Stephen <laughs> Ticket Oak. Hmm. <laughs> And then it just shows an ornament that says, Happy Holidays, StubHub. I am 100% in love with the performance of Christmas Tree Guy. Yeah, he does a really good job. I'm just taking this tree, this thing over to Stevens. He looks vaguely familiar to me. I feel like he's he's a little bit of a that guy. Here, I'm going to play it again just so we can hear that line that you just pointed out. It's so funny. Hey, Ben. What you got there, buddy? Uh, nothing. I'm just taking this tree thing over to Stephen <laughs> Ticket Oak. Ticket Oak? I was already dead! So good. It was already dead, because you couldn't tell what he was screaming at the end. I love it. It's just brand the, reinforcement. At yeah, that point they for never, the they, they never really. I mean, they do the subhub logo at the end, and he calls it Ticket Oak. But like, you really would have to mm-hmm. know what was up w- with that campaign to really get who, why it's, why the tree is talking. This next one is one of the only ones on the list today that I think I might remember. And it's one of those short Geico ads where you just have a couple of people talking, but they just want to make the some joke. So it, nothing matters in these yeah. commercials. It's just like two women and they're on treadmills like in a gym somewhere. And one of them says something about, you know, you can save 50% or more, blah, blah, blah. The other one says, oh, yeah, everybody knows that. But did you know that you can hear a tree fall in the forest? Or a tree does make a sound when it falls in the forest, even if nobody is there. Uh-huh. And so, again, it's just like somebody had this idea of a joke. Yeah. And all they had to do was say, yeah, everybody knows about the 15% or more. So, yeah, anyway. Geico, I mean, yeah, like Geico will we do, will try anything. Yeah. So, anyway, so these two women, they're in the gym. And then when you, you'll be able to hear, I think, pretty clearly when we flash to a, to a fantasized scenario where we see a tree in the forest falling. Huh. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Everybody knows that. Well, did you know that when a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, it does make a sound? Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. I'm falling. Everybody look out. Oh! Little help here? Geico. 15 minutes could save you. Well, you know. They don't even finish it. Yeah. They're they're over you it, know. too. <laughs> I, also, I wonder, you know, like, there have been how many Geico ads? Countless. Um, but occasionally one of them will sort of cut through the noise and like just capture people's imaginations. I'm thinking of the camel hump day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wonder like when I, when they make a new Geico ad, are they thinking like maybe this talking tree is the new 
Yeah. Hump Day Camel. Right. You never know. It might just capture people's imagination. Which is funny because the Hump Day Camel did not end up being in a whole... It didn't launch its own campaign. No. It, did, it was in one follow-up, I believe, as opposed to, let's say, right. the Gecko, which I don't think was originally intended to be a full campaign because it was Kelsey Grammer at first. I don't know. I mean, they definitely invented the Gecko so that people would know how to pronounce... That's true. So Maybe they, they get intended the, the name to use recognition. that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know the, I mean, someone, I wish, I mean, what's Katie Weaver up to? Could she do like a deep dive on the gecko? Could she do a profile on the gecko? Yeah, exactly. That would be the, but the gecko is like my least favorite of the Geico campaigns. The cavemen was another like long running campaign that like featured like the same characters over and over as opposed to just sort of a, a comedy device. Right. If you were to poll most Americans and say, what is the most iconic Geico campaign or commercial what do you think they'd say the gecko. it would be the gecko it would huh? have which to is be. funny because it's the worst one but it's but it's because it's so close to the name i mean it's just indelible now yeah and they've just made so many of them and yeah. his little i mean his now his now familiar voice is very familiar mm -hmm. they've put him in all kinds of circumstances i think people generally find the gecko um like appealing there is one one or two that have made me laugh there's the one where the guy finds the doll heads in the attic oh yeah that is kind of and funny. that's a gecko I forgot one that, 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 the like they've done some there, funny yeah. jokes where the gecko happens to be part of mm -hmm. the part of the script you know yes in fact um oh shoot i can't think of anybody's name this is the second time this has happened to me today in the <laughs> microphone where i have Open my mouth to okay. say something. Well, talk, okay. Talk me through okay. it. Okay. Who is the actor who plays Job on Arrested Development? Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Wasn't he in a campaign? Was it for Geico? That yes. We thought we were going to see a lot more of him, Well, in they've fact. done a few. Um, they, they brought him in to be like a foil to the Gecko. Where, yes. Where he's somehow like more popular or more more uh, effective at the job of telling people about saving 15% or more. And so he and the, Ge the Gecko have like a low-grade simmering conflict that's right yeah and i remember and we played the very first one two maybe three and one of them happens at a dinner party yeah. i believe that was maybe the introduction of that campaign so God, anyway thank you has for... gotten so much commercial work yes he's got the reese's i hate those not yeah. sorry um and then the he's trucks. also got those truck ones where he talks like this he yeah. talks like a bad guy in a superhero movie and i'm pretty confident there's at least one more campaign out there mm, that he's sounds about right he's the guy for but anyway yeah so i have another one from geico here but this one doesn't seem to fit into any of the campaigns this one i think is really old now i see that this was posted to youtube like 13 years ago so it's at least that old, but I'm going to say maybe it's even potentially 20 years old. Like this is when Geico starts making a slew of funny ads, but they don't all fit into the little formula. Mm -hmm. And this one we just see, I believe, a minivan parked underneath a tree. And then you hear the telltale so sound of a tree branch starting to crack away from the tree. And it lands directly on the windshield of the minivan. And it turns out the branch can talk. That was sick! I've been hanging up there for what, like 40 years? And then wham! Here I am, smacking the pretty off that windshield of yours. Oh what, you looking for an apology? Or toss another coin in the wishing well, pal. It's not happening. Hey, what's up, Donnie? Hey, man. Accidents are bad. But Geico's good. With on-site windshield replacement. Can you tell what he says at the end? Hey, Donnie, what? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Play it again. I listened to this. I was this. thinking about why a tree limb would be such a dick. It's such a dick. And also, is that what kind of an accent is that? Is it, is it, it's not Bronx, is it? I can't tell. It sounds like sort of. I know it's not Adam Sandler, but it sounds like someone kind of doing an Adam Do you, Sandler. Yeah, sure, is that sure. That a New York accent. Um, so anyway, yeah. T- tell me what do you. Th- so at the end, a- another smaller branch lands next to this one, and apparently that branch's name is Donnie. But I can't tell what he says. And again, I've replayed this a million times. Oh what? You looking for an apology? Or toss another coin in the wishing well, pal. It's not happening. Hey, what's up, Donnie? Cavemen. Accidents are bad. Because it sounds like he says cavemen. How you been? How you been? How you been? Oh, I had the Geico cavemen on my mind, apparently. <laughs> cavemen. It's not well articulated. It's not. That uh, tree limb is a dick. Terrible. I mean, very rude. Very rude. Yeah. I think that tree limb is in for a rude awakening himself when the wood chipper shows up. Yeah, that, you know, it's a little confusing. They probably should have to- had that as like a little coda. Yeah, so because the you, hear, gets his. you hear something in the background. So I don't know if our listeners thought that somebody was sawing this tree. I think that's just like a weed eater in the background to set this right. scene of a sort of like, you know, a summer day in the suburbs or, or what have you. But yeah, you really want to take it darker, huh? You want to go a, kind of a Fargo. Bring me that route. Fargo. Bring me that Fargo energy. Yeah. Um, I have a whole compilation here of sun-kissed fun fruits talking and laughing tree commercials. Do you remember these? So this would have been, I want to say, probably late 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah, it looks like YouTube would confirm that as well. Um, And we see kids. Now, the the fun fruit snacks, I think, are an interesting thing to consider here for a moment. They were like gummy snacks, right? They were like gummy snacks, which is something that sort of, I think we were the first generation to have this thing that was like, it was not quite candy, you know, I mean, right. essentially, it's like eating candy, but it wasn't quite candy. It really candy. pulled it was a fast like one on our parents. It was like, this is a fruit snack that is healthy, yeah. like raisins or something. But it was just candy. And I think that, a lot like, of a lot of foods got like tricky branded in the 80s and 90s, that things that had a ton of sugar. But you just like put it in a, a blue bag and make it look like an after school snack. And it's like, now it's not candy. I think fruit roll ups were the camel's yeah, nose under the tent. I agree. Which, even when I, how did you eat a fruit roll up, by the way? I'm having a At visceral... a friend's house because that's the only place <laughs> I was allowed to have it. I, we, my folks, uh, again, they were like really strict about us eating candy. We never had candy bars. My mom was not fooled by fruit roll ups for one second. But I'll bet you you had more access to candy than I did occasionally. Yes, we had candy in the house. For one thing, we. <laughs> My my mom is a big candy at Christmas person, so there would be like a just metric ton of Christmas colored, you know, like Christmas green and red M and M's, green and red, um, you know, Hershey's Kisses, yeah, chocolate, like a lot of chocolate would sure. be in the house, and it would be like a lot of chocolate that would last pretty much the whole year, so it would be kept in like this like china hutch that was in the dining room, um, where if you were very sneaky, you could like sneak open the drawer and get a little bit mm. out sometimes but anytime we would go Just to a, sneak under a red laser beam. yeah I had to go set Catherine Zeta-Jones mm-hmm. on the laser beam um, which was hard because my ass was so fat from eating all that candy <laughs> um, but that's what I, that movie's about that, that movie's about not eating so much damn candy <laughs> No, when we would go to, um, you know this about me, like I'm a, I'm a bring food into the movie theater person. Mm-hmm. Like I will sometimes, you love to buy movie theater popcorn. You'll buy the popcorn and the drink. If I know that I'm going to a movie with enough forewarning, I will often get myself a soda that I like in a bottle and get candy that I like to bring in. 
Um, and that is something I come by very honestly because my mom would just like go to the candy hutch and like put a scoop full of M&Ms into a like a Ziploc bag. Oh, wow. That's and even that low. Was, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Even lower. That's right, Andrew. <laughs> no, that's not, even lower no. than what I do. <laughs> no, it was I wasn't going to say lower. I mean, I was going to say were. lovelier is what lovelier. I was going to say. Yeah, so no, anyway. but like there's something even... I, so I, I feel like there's something unvaried. janky about sneaking your own like food into a movie theater anyway, but at least if you went to the 7-Eleven and you have like a bag of M&Ms, but like to like pre-package your own little bags of pretzels and M&Ms or whatever to go to the movie theater seems l- lovelier to me. Well, I'm glad that uh, lucky you growing up so rich that you could just <laughs> pay for the, you know, raisinets at movie theater prices. No, it is true. I I, I kind of forgot how you <laughs> how you grew up in poverty. I did, and then we found that golden ticket. Yeah, I was so I know. Well, let's not steal the, I got to eat all the, the candy Andy I wanted. Haynes jokes from TBTL from 15 years <laughs> ago. Oh man, nobody remembers ago. that. Really? <laughs> they do because I bring it up all the time. It was the best <laughs> joke ever told on TBTL. Anyway, um so uh this fruit snacks I think they're an interesting thing we did have them I remember like they, and they would just come up with different shapes that would excite us as children like I remember I had some fruit snacks in a bag that were airplane shaped and then they released the special stealth bombers in there and they were Ooh. like there were there was maybe one per bag or something you get excited if you got a stealth bomber yeah. you know the stealth like, bomber was such a cultural phenomenon that it made its way into fruit, into candy. fruit candies yes exactly um so this is for sun-kissed fun fruits and like i said this first one i'm guessing was probably set up the campaign here and we see little uh, i think a more than one little kid, I believe. Um, we start by seeing one, and then I think we see a bunch of little kids. And they're basically in this magic forest where you have these um, these trees. And again, this sort of like almost like almost claymation looking or animatronic style trees. Um, and they're all giggling and laughing. And I think, could be wrong here. Tell me if I'm right. I think maybe the kids... Wait, this sounds dirty. I think maybe the kids are tickling the trees <laughs> so that the trees will laugh and then shake their candy off. Which is worse, being tickled as a tree or being humped against as a tree? Humped against, I think. You think it's worse? I mean, I guess it depends on everybody involved in both situations. Welcome to the sun-kissed fun farm where fun fruits grow on trees. They're tickling. They're tickling what would be a tree's armpit. Oh, that's horrible because the tree can't even put its arms down. No, but also, but the trees are... They seem into it. Yeah, they seem like they're kind of into it. Welcome to the sun-kissed fun farm where fun fruits grow on trees. (laughs) Sun-kissed fun fruits. They're made with real grapes, oranges, cherries, and strawberries. You're supposed to chew them one by one if you can control yourself. (laughs) Oh, and see, now that whole thing ended up being a dream. We're now sort of harping our way out of the dream, and we see a little boy, and he had been nodding off while eating his uh, sun-kissed fun fruits while leaning up Wait, against Dallas the tree. Dallas really did a number on everybody's narrative uh, devices, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> sun-kissed fun fruits. Every chewy one is real fruity fun. Anyway, ringing any bells to you? 
I feel like I remember the look of those trees. Me but, too. But, but nothing. Very I don't vague. remember. Any, I don't remember anything else about the narration. I think this next one, like a bunch of kids are in this in this magical forest again. But now they've got like some sort of like weird childish scientific doodads and gugas, and they're trying to search for the. Uh, I see. Sort of like dousing rods for. I think so. Let's take a look. Hear anything negative? Sunkiss searches high and low for fun fruit trees. The only trees funny enough to grow Sunkiss fun fruits. I found them! They're more like metal detectors. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they're like, well, we found it. You're standing in a forest full, full of these of them. trees. Yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, those are the only two I watched. Um, they, they are showering the children with yeah. the fun fruit here at the end. Let's just watch one more. It's very rare that I play a commercial on the show that I have not seen before or that I haven't reviewed first. Let's just see what this next one is. Sunkiss searches and searches for fun fruit trees. The only tree is funny enough to grow Sunkiss fun fruits. Okay, so in this one, they don't have their scientific equipment. It's just these kids. It's a little like bit more Indiana Jones. Indiana sort Jones, of. sort of. Um, uh, Dr. Livingston. Sure. You know, yes. No. And one of the kids uh, slips on a banana peel because that's like the height of comedy. And I, we just picked up on something here. So the origin story is these trees are the only trees that are funny enough to produce this kind of fun fruit. I see. So it's directly linked to their sense of humor. fun fruits. <laughs> Every chewy one is real fruity fun. And now we've discovered Sunkissed Fun Fruits Cream Supreme. Oh. They're covered with yogurt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, look in the background. Look at the yogurt tree. Oh, oh gross. That is gross. Yeah. Wow. They're just like, how can we? How can we add and more sugar to this? And I like a yogurt-covered uh, cherry or raisin or something. So it's not like I'm. I'm. They probably wouldn't taste that bad to me. But something about. The way they're presented there, just like covered in yeah. white paint is yeah. so bad. I don't like it. You were talking about the candy before, especially the the Christmas colored Hershey's Kisses and the silver and the red and the green mm-hmm. that you throw in a bowl. You know what the worst is? When you're at somebody's house, you're like, oh, nice, bowl of those. You pop one in your mouth, and there's a goddamn almond in the middle of it. Although I don't dislike an almond... Uh, Hershey kiss I'm with you that it's usually not a pleasant it's usually not what I'm hoping for mm-hmm. you know like it's like I'll eat them because I, I'm not like you like you don't like nuts it's so weird I you, love nuts you love nuts you eat more nuts than anyone I know you Thank got you. a nut cracker so that we can have whole nuts in the shell in the house which I, I, did, which I realized I this year that I've been I've been FOMOing about yeah. in the shell nuts for a long time that was a tradition growing up my Mine mom too. my mom would always put out like in the shell nuts yes, it was and a big so, thing at my grandparents house but, and every year I see them I'm like well we don't have a nutcracker right I'll, I'll deal with this later and then <laughs> like a super this year I was suddenly like problem. wait a second <laughs> I'm in my mid to late 40s now. I think I can solve this. I'm going to go downstairs to the homeware section and buy a GD nutcracker, which I did. And now but, we have nuts in So the house. you love nuts and you go out of your way, as you just stated, to make nuts available. I keep nuts in the car, mixed nuts, yeah. deluxe mixed nuts. I really do think that you are like on the very high end of the spectrum for average nut consumption. Thank you. Um, and yet, anytime I'm making a cookie or a baked good or anything like that or a candy... You don't want nuts in it. Do you like Snickers? No, not particularly. Yeah. I would take a um 
I would take a Milky Way over right. that, which is a Snickers without the nuts. But really, I'm going straight Three Musketeers because I, I just want I just want the nougat. <laughs> I think it's so weird. So they call me Ted Nougat. Um, terrible joke, which maybe I'll cut out. Uh, have we done any commercials for the Royal Horticultural Society yet? I don't want to just, I like, mean, just retread this again. <laughs> so um, haven't they gotten enough free press from us? <laughs> clearly, this is a British organization. Um, and they this or at least from some country with a monarchy. Yeah. Do you want me to look it up? No, the UK's I'm just leading. It's okay. the UK. Here it is. The UK's leading gardening charity. Um, and this one I just has. I don't want to see uh, royalty erasure happening here. <laughs> really? Because I do. <laughs> I literally want to erase royalty. But um, this has a whole bunch of talking plants, and like we see some. What are these little purple poppies? Uh, poppies. No, I'm sorry, pansies. Peony, uh, uh, I know it starts with a P. It's pansy. Okay. Um, and like we're about to see it get drenched with water, and the plants like sometimes you water me too hard and then we see like a bush that needs more yeah, light these plants or whatever. are probably speaking directly to me you know i killed a mint plant this summer by planting it in a stupid place oh no i didn't know that this, so we don't have mint i mean it's not, well, it's, it's not looking good oh okay interesting well watch I this put it commercial in too sunny of a spot um so yeah that's exactly what is going on here only th this time the plants are talking directly now one of these I feel like it might be more of a rose bush than a tree, but will you allow it? I allow, I'll allow I don't have it. any real trees in here, but I, I mean, I'm a talking rose bush. Come on. You, yeah, you try I got to see this. You try producing this show. <laughs> Listen, we need to talk. Sometimes when you water me, you go watering can crazy. <gasps> don't look at me. These branches are out of control. Must have sun. <laughs> Are your plants trying to tell you something? For gardening advice, inspiration, and heaps more, come get me bees. Join the RHS. We speak plant. <laughs> oh, wait, what did I miss? Oh, I, I stepped on the... The strawberry plant's still talking. The, the strawberry plant, the one that was trying desperately to get to the sunlight yeah, they, I do know strawberries plant. like sun. Slug, 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 slug! Do you say slug, 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 slug? Yeah, I think okay, it's afraid yeah, of a slug. Yeah. What do you think? I love it. I feel personally... I, I feel both... Somehow seen and also attacked. <laughs> Perfect. It's doing its job. This next one is not a very good commercial, but the story behind it is interesting as heck, I think. This, again, goes into a, a sort of a Jim Henson-y style, like kind of magic forest looking kind of situation. Okay. And we have a young sapling that is talking to a really old growth tree, okay? And I'm just going to let you watch this, Genevieve, and you, the audience, can listen to it. And then I'll explain why this is interesting later. Grubba, grubba! <clears throat> what, what? Will I grow up to be big and strong like you? I sure hope so, son. Why wouldn't I, Grandpa? Well, unless something is done soon... Big old trees like me will be nothing but a memory. Like the now, while the while the um, old tree is talking about that, we see some pretty dire shots of like places where um, foresters have just like cleared huge areas of the of the forest, and we see a bunch of dead trees, felled trees. Old trees like me will be nothing but a memory, like the giants in the old fairy tales. But Grandpa, what would the forest be without old ones like you? I think they call it a tree farm, son. And then it says a tree farm is not a forest at the bottom. Interesting. So they don't mean like, do they mean like like, like, a, like a commercial Christmas tree farm or like 
something that people like just a planting of a bunch of like sort of monoculture trees on a piece of land that's been logged. Let me answer that. I'm so, so this glad was I asked. this was posted by Adbusters, which I thought of Adbusters as sort of a a parody heavy um activist yeah, kind of like kind of pre meme culture that started in like the I, I assumed like late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, it was like critical of the consumerist culture, obviously. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of people in our uh, audience are familiar with Adbusters. Turns out this commercial essentially launched Adbusters in nineteen eighty nine. Really? So uh, this is this was posted on YouTube under the official Adbusters account, and they have a long description of what's going on in this commercial. And if I understand it correctly, um, in British Columbia, you had something called like the Council of Forest Industries in the late 80s, I think 1988. And they were under pressure. Obviously, foresters were under pressure then by environmentalist organizations yeah, or whatever. Spotted for, owl. For, yeah. And so they created an ad campaign, the industry did, right? Um, where they were showing people enjoying trees. Apparently, they were trying to mitigate the public re- relations disaster by planting trees and creating things that Adbusters, in this case, is referring to as tree farms. And that's what they're... So this is like one industry hitting back at the environmentalists and then this commercial which is hitting back on the what they see as this greenwashing campaign yeah. from the the foresting and trying to make the industry. point that like knocking down an old growth forest and then planting a bunch of like fast growing monoculture exactly baby trees does not it's not one-to-one by any stretch. Exactly. And yeah. so Adbusters, and again, I don't think they were even called Adbusters at the time. It was right. a group of concerned citizens decided they were going to make this commercial and try to air it. But And I'm going to read directly here. I was trying to avoid this, but it gets interesting. It says, um, they were outraged by the blatant use of the public airways to deliver deceptive anti-environmentalist propaganda. Again, this is talking about the, the logging industry. So they fought back by producing this talking rainforest anti-commercial in which an old growth tree explains to the sapling that a tree farm is not a forest. But when the meme warriors, they're calling themselves meme warriors here, went to buy airtime on the same stations that had aired the original forest industry ad, they were refused. Adbusters was born in the startling realization that citizens do not have the same access to the information that flows for corporations. So that's this weird ass, dark, yeah, you know, Jim Hensony looking, or uh, what would it return to Oz esque commercial kind of launched Adbusters. That's amazing, and it's just it's so demoralizing because it's probably worse now, you know, in terms of. Who has the power to share a message, to make a message? I mean, we talk, you know, I know social media makes it feel like the democratization of, of media. And yet, look what's happening there, too. Right. right. Like yeah. It's, it's really it's so grim. I was having trouble describing Adbusters before for people who don't know. And you know what? Their own description of themselves makes me feel less bad about it. It says <laughs> here at the, at the end at the end of this um Description of the commercial it says Adbusters is a global network of artists, activists, writers, environmentalists, feminists, pranksters, students, educators, and entrepreneurs who want to advance the new social activist movement of the information age, culture jamming since 1989. It's a 
big umbrella. It is. It's also hard to describe it's what hard they to do. Describe, yeah. um, but anyway, there, there you and go. Fight kind the of man. An, kind of an anti-commercial from yeah. Adbusters there. Um, so I wonder. I'd be curious to know. I, I bet there's a a great story. Like I wonder how how they ended up getting that content like distributed to people if they were refused airtime. Yeah, especially be, yeah before the internet, right? And mm. so like we can we can share it on YouTube now. Exactly. Um, this next commercial is also weird, but for different reasons. I was watching it. I had no idea what this was when I first hit play on it. I was just like, please have a talking tree. Please have a talking tree. <laughs> and it's this is from the eighties, kind of the early eighties. I guess it says here nineteen eighty four. We see some really close up shots of various um, looks like sort of animatronic little creatures, and there's definitely a holiday vibe to it and then we start start seeing these really close-up shots video shots of children's faces but like very close and we don't know what they're all looking at because it seems to be like real footage of real kids a lot of them just sort of look nervous which <laughs> i wasn't sure what was going on here they're i pretty cute, think though. what we're seeing here is a commercial for something called micmac mall in dartmouth nova scotia and i think one of the attractions at this mall maybe especially during the holidays is woody the t oh yeah well it's woody the talking christmas tree okay Look at all those busy little knick-knack beavers. <laughs> it's me, Woody, the talking Christmas tree. Here are... Oh, I see. I describe them as like various woodland creatures. They're all little beavers. They're yeah. all animatronic beavers. And they're just raising and lowering and raising and lowering whatever like thing little they're eating. Fruits little they fruits they have. Wouldn't you think that a tree would be more nervous about beavers being around? You and would. less giggly about it? Uh, yeah, I you know I don't even know I don't know what's going on here yet. Like I don't know what anybody's relationship Good is. Good point. Look at all those busy little knickknack beavers. <laughs> it's me, Woody, the talking Christmas tree. Here I am. Look up, look way up. You came back to see me again this year, didn't you? Genevieve's laughing because first of all, first of all, they say, look up, look up, look way up. And then we suddenly see this supposedly this talking tree, which looks nothing like a tree. It just it has a nightmare it of a big a, yellow face. That is a stone cold nightmare. I mean, a nightmare of a smashed yellow face. And then when the when the tree asks some sort of a rhetorical question, this like this is what you came here for, right? <laughs> this they, girl they, just gives they, this resigned nod. You just use this little go go, uh huh, like this small <laughs> well, little just like nod. Here like, I am. Yep, this is what I came here for. And now I guess I understand why they all look so nervous. They're staring it's at this so goddamn terrifying. terrifying face. Fucking amazing. <laughs> That's not a bad jingle either. Like, uh, there's probably a dozen children's faces in that thing. One of them there is shown smiling. Yeah, Everyone else looks nervous. somewhere but on the spectrum between uncertain to outright frightened <laughs> and then like you said the sort of like she almost gives like sort I'm gonna, of a, that's the show pick by the well, way well it has to be a talking tree i think it can't oh, be a picture of a child damn it, it's so but funny go into the show notes and, and definitely click on that link we'll have oh, a link to so that funny. commercial when the she, little girl she, she gives like a business it's like yeah, a business person yes. nod it's kind of like 
she sort of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she kind of presses her lips together a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just sort of tilts her forehead yep. down a little bit yep. yep this is what's this happening is, this is why i'm here uh all right you know what this is supposed to be about talking trees not talking birds singing about trees right i mean i don't know i'm trying to figure out if we want to play this last commercial or not if it breaks the rules it's, I, it's hate to the, end, I hate to end on a on a rule breaker on a rule breaker yeah. and also you can't really beat the micmac mall That's, one right that honestly is the there's no there's no topping that i'll tell you what genevieve though if you're ever producing the show and you need a commercial like if you're doing a topic let's let's say talking cartoon cardinals yeah boy do i have the ad for you <laughs> Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind Somebody sent in this commercial. Um, they actually texted it into us. So that's kind of an interesting little thing to note there as well. Um I don't know who this person is because they didn't sign it, but you know we have our you know phone number. You can call 607-444-5597, but technically you can text that line as well if you're in a hurry. Um, I, of course, love hearing your voices, so I prefer you to call, but this is definitely a great submission, and I appreciate the listener who sent this in. They say, I grew up in the metro Detroit area, and these were a staple for years at the holidays. I live in a different Michigan metro area, and my TV habits are different now, so I don't know if they still air them or not but this is for I said at the top of the show that I maybe only recognized this from the way it was parodied in the Detroiters my fave but I'm wondering if maybe we've discussed this before we actually because have this now that I think about it maybe yeah. this has come up in Christmas's past that's this is a ghost of Christmas past <laughs> I think we should revisit it because it's yeah, very yeah fun, definitely though. yeah no I definitely appreciate the person sending this in and reminding me of it so this is for Dietrich Furs it is just imagery and again this is like this is so 1980s it's just slow motion imagery of a woman riding a white horse through a snowy field it's got that like graininess and uh, almost like decoloration of 70s or 80s yeah. video um, and she's wearing a uh, a big fur coat I don't know if it's mink or fox or what it is and all it is is her riding an ultra slow motion while this song plays time i see that footage (laughs) i cannot believe it first of all she's riding bareback which creates a weird silhouette frankly like we're used to seeing people riding on saddles and so Hmm. seeing so seeing a person like with like fully like with their legs wrapped around the body of the horse and she's clearly like she knows what she's doing if she can ride the horse like this but like it lacks um like whatever movie making tricks people do to make someone riding a horse look kind of like graceful mm. and majestic. Mm. And it just looks like really awkward. Frankly. And, and, and very cheap too. And very the whole cheap. thing is a very yes. cheap. And I mean, it feels like this is exactly what the TV show that you feel like Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson like watched 
a bunch of commercials from their youth and said, well, you just got to make a show based on the crazy commercials in Detroit. And yes, so that's and the what plot kind of, of that what show. What kind of like low grade agency would be able would would be the producers of something like this? Right. And so the plot of the Detroiters is those two guys like I think one of the I think Tim, Tim Robinson's, Robinson's dad, dad. Uh, used to run the agency, but he goes bananas or something. Right. That's. I forget why, but his son inherits the agency and is trying to keep his dad's small local but, but you know, successful local ad agency from going under. Um, but he lacks even his dad's ability to, like, do a really good job creating these local ads. Right. So him and Sam Richardson take over the agency and, and they try to continue the, these traditions of local ads and they're really cheap. Before I play the commercial that directly parodies that horse one, though, this is why I think that um, Tim Robinson's dad is actually at the what we call the funny farm, I believe, <laughs> okay. uh, because this is a drop I sometimes play on TBTL. Tim Cramlin, Cramlin Advertising. Cramblin Advertising? Are you Hank Cramblin's son? That I am, yeah. Hank Cramblin, what a legend. How is your father? He went insane. He lives in a nut house now. Oh. Well, the next time you see him, you tell him Sally Pomerantz from Chicago said hello. He won't understand that. Talking to him is like talking to Bugs Bunny. Well, then you tell him what's up, Doc. <laughs> Thank you. That'll mean a lot to him. <laughs> that show is so good. I'm and surprised. I never finished it. I think I watched like maybe one season. I think they had well, definitely two, if not three. I think just the two. Just but the two. I feel like I saw all the seasons. I feel like I left a lot on the table. I'm sort of surprised that with the enormous success that um, I think you should leave has had mm -hmm. that the Detroiters hasn't been somehow like revived and brought into the mainstream more because it's I'll so bet you, good. You know what? I mean, here's the deal. I'll, I'll bet you it has been chopped and diced and shared all over the place on TikTok. You and I just don't play around in that space. But that very stuff much. eventually makes its way onto Instagram, which I am. <laughs> That's right. Maybe it just hasn't made that TikTok. It hasn't oh, gone from. It's coming. It hasn't gone from early 2000s Comedy Central right, to TikTok it. to where then, I can't see it. <laughs> then to Instagram, where, I can't see where it. you can sort of see it, but you don't know how to pause it. <laughs> I'm getting a lot better. <laughs> I did a reel the other day. Okay. So anyway, let's go to this Detroiter. So the commercial we just saw with the woman riding the horse is for uh, Dietrich Furs. That's the real one. The real Warren. <laughs> Why is it like that? <laughs> That'll be my slogan. Andrew Walsh, the real Warren. He's Warren. a real Warren. <laughs> anyway, um, no time to edit. No time to edit. We got to get out of here. Um, so this one, the parody one, is for Devereaux Wigs. So instead of furs, they're selling wigs. And again, we see a blonde woman riding a horse. I don't think it's a white horse in this one. She is wearing a very similar fur uh, and riding uh, kind of up to the camera while this plays. Yeah, the woman kind of stops her horse and she takes off her wig and she's fully bald underneath it. Devereaux wigs. Oh, Devereaux. wigs. We guarantee our wigs aren't made from hair off dead bodies. <laughs> oh, Devereaux. Ferranda Devereaux. That joke about we promise our hair isn't off the you know off of dead bodies that 
seems like such like you can totally see that being a sketch and I think you should leave like right. you see so much DNA yeah. in this earlier project yeah you can see the creative through line between Tim Robinson's work here and there but yeah what a great show if you haven't seen the Detroiters I'm not even sure how to see it uh, at this point but presumably it is findable in some form or fashion you should watch it yeah you guys are good at internet um, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping here too we got a note from our buddy Mike who says uh, in last week's episode you mentioned another podcast uh, you blew it is the name of the podcast that we were talking about and that's produced by a couple of buddies of ours and they uh, get uh, they they collect blu-ray movies and then they watch them late at night and then they review them uh, Mike was having trouble finding it uh, on his pod cast app and the reason is it's under stack of dimes that's so right I, we are, should have mentioned that it's uh, yeah so it doesn't stack have of dimes its own. Is, it's like a it's a really the podcast that uh, Kamara Kev does with his other friend mm-hmm. and uh, and then uh, he they work in the ones with uh, with blue with blu-ray exactly well said <laughs> No, I mean, listen, I've been doing Why that. Why did all. I jump in? <laughs> I've been doing I didn't even that. need to. I cut you off to, to make those sounds. <laughs> I'm sorry to give you the well said. No. They do that. That's uh, fair. They do that on the podcast I listen to, like, constantly when somebody. No. That's more of a ball busting show. So when somebody hangs, when somebody does that, I, they just let them hang I really out. earned that well said. Yeah. <laughs> I really earned it. I get it. We got to be a meaner podcast. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, You Blew It is a really fun show, as is Stack of Dimes. But if you're looking for You Blew It specifically, look for Stack of Dimes on your podcatcher. Um, also, Mike says, if I could be so bold, I wanted to recommend another podcast to you. I'm also the kind of person, like Genevieve, who doesn't really like watching horror movies, but I do want to know what happens in them. That, that's exactly what you were describing your disposition is these days. And Mike says, the podcast Ruined has really been scratching this itch for me. It's hosted by two very funny women, one who loves watching horror movies and one who doesn't but still wants to know what happens. This is this is amazing. This right? is such a gift. Each episode, is this the same thing that uh, listener Bet emailed in yes. about too? Yes. I wasn't sure if that was a website or the same podcast. Each episode, they spoil the story of a different horror movie. It's essentially a much improved version of reading the Wikipedia plot summary. So Perfect. That actually sounds like I'm, a really great- I am great, very into that. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for the recommendation. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, once again, if you want to call into our voicemail line, the number is 607-444-5597. Again, that's 607-444-5597. We'd love to hear your beautiful voices. You can also record yourself and send us a little voice memo. You can email us after these messages show at gmail. Dot com And check out our YouTube page where I will digitize old commercials that I find on VHS tapes and share them there. Just look for After These Messages podcast on YouTube. You need that podcast designation. Otherwise, you're just going to get a bunch of old After These Messages promos from <laughs> the 1980s. All right, everybody. Fun show. If you got a tree, go talk to it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Cool AD. Nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream.